Joining us on the phone, George Thorogood. He is playing the Rettering Company Theater inside the Toyota Center on Friday, November 19th. You can get tickets at the Toyota Center website, at the Toyota Center box office. We've got a link at eagle1065.com. George, thanks for joining us. I was going through some of your music that you had done more recently, and I discovered a solo album. I did not know you did a solo album. Uh, 2017 called Party of One. Great album. Wang Dang Doodle. Uh, Sky's Crying, of course, the Elmore James classic. Why did you end up doing a solo record? Well, uh, it was it was a mutual project with Rounder Records for years. We just never got around to it. We were Every year we were with them, we said, well, we're going to do this, but the the rock thing for us was happening uh, so successfully, getting airplay and record sales and things like that, that we just kept putting it off and putting it off. And, um, you know, finally got to the spot where it said, well, we can't put it off much longer. Besides, I don't have any new material for the band. So, you know, I mean, didn't Eric Clapton do Unplugged? And he did, uh, you know, everybody does this occasionally, you know, uh, they, you know, they'll, they'll you know, get to a spot and say, well, I got a, an album I can make, but it's the one I don't, I can't make with the band. So I'll, I'll do it. Uh, I remember Dylan put his, put his, uh, took a left turn on his career a few years back and put out two acoustic albums back to back. So they were really good. Uh, man, they were, it was, it was back in late eighties, early nineties, I think. And, uh, you know, then he went back to, you know, playing with a band. Um, but you know, this is kind of standard procedure in our line of work. But in my case, it was kind of just us relocating with the rounder people and saying, "Well, let's uh, let, let's finally get around to doing this." And well, we did, and you know, now we're still talking about it. So something must have gone right. You know, George. Obviously, there's a, a broad interpretation of blues music over time, and sometimes you'll hear folks reinterpret the blues to the point that it's almost unrecognizable as a genre. You seem to stay pretty close to the original concept. Well, you know, sometimes you have no choice. Um, you know, if you listen good enough, you listen to the record two or three times, the mistakes are in there. You just didn't hear them the first time. <laughs> well, and trust me. Hey, George, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't hear the mistake. Trust me. Then, then, uh, then I'll have to make another record for you. How's that? Uh, please do. Uh, that's always welcome. Let's go back in time a little bit. I remember playing your music, your first three albums, uh, a ton on rock radio back in the day, the late 70s into the early 80s. And then MTV hit, you get bad of the bone, and you blow up big time. You become a pretty big music video star. All the time that's passed and you reflect back, was MTV good or bad for music? Uh, it, it, was, it was fantastic when it started. Are you kidding? When it got started about 81, 8 or 2, the uh, demand was bigger than the supply. It was on for 24 hours, and they were showing all sorts of stuff. They were showing old rock and roll movies from the 50s, uh, backstage interviews with people that would have been you know, sitting on the shelves. And I said, man, we got to get into this. This, this is hot. And um, it was, uh, it, it, it was a, a real craze, just like when television itself first um, hit us in the early 50s. So yeah, and they were they were they were raring to go. You know, they were they were with open arms looking for product MTV at that time, um, and we just happened to be have that song "Bad to the Bone" um, ready to go. So it was a uh, you know it was it was too too uh, too big to to resist. I said, well, we got to get in on this. Um, 
and and it, and it was and it was a lot of fun too. When it, sometimes when there's a a new um, I don't know what you want to call it, new avenue, new genre, whatever you want to call it, a new thing that's happening, it's 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 always exciting, and um, it, it was for us too. So yeah, that that um, you know I was I had in the back of my head, oh boy, this is it, man! I'll make a great video, and I'll I'll be able to I'll be able to go out there and go to Hollywood. I'll be the next Steve McQueen. All right, I'm ready. It didn't quite happen that way, but anyway. George, let's talk about your website for a minute, georgethrowgood.com. I noticed you have an album called George Thorogood and the Destroyers Live in Boston in 1982 that folks can buy. What's so special about that piece of music? Well, here's the most special part about it. If you've ever spent any time in that area... I have. In fact, as a kid, I lived in Revere Beach and Lynn, Lynn City of Sin. And you know exactly what I'm talking about, because... It, when I first hit the Boston area in the early 70s, I was informed that that area down there on, near Washington Street in Boston was known by as the combat zone. And it was a combat zone because it was dangerous. You yep. know, uh, you know, like, like the police would say, well, I'm going down to Washington. They said, well, if you get anything happens to you in the combat zone, we're not going to help you because if you're foolish enough to go down there, then you deserve what you get. That's the thing. <laughs> okay, good luck. And this show, yeah, exactly. So this show with, at the Bradford Hotel, it was our second time working there. And uh, the people came from all over and gave us great support. And they were Boston people, so they, they knew what they were getting into. They knew they were going down the combat zone, but it didn't stop them. So if anything else, we should reverse and call the album Live from the Combat Zone. Because uh, that's really what it was about. Um, they edited all those things out, the comments I had on the mic, thank God. Talk a little bit about the Marla Thurgood Memorial Fund. I know that's very close to your heart. To the foundation, this is uh, Ovarian Cancer Aware Month. And uh, we, we were talking it over a few years ago, uh, Marla and I, and I said, well, we start something. And uh, we, I just off, off the cuff said ROC, like the word rock, ROC. Uh, reserve ovarian uh, research for ovarian cancer, and she said that's a pretty good title. That's that seems to work. And of course, we had no idea she was, you know, going to pass away. And, yeah. But when it, it did have, was it was actually my daughter got this foundation up and running more than I did. Not that I didn't want to, but um, she was pretty much a catalyst on this thing. So that's the story. Well, I just want people to know that they can go to your website, georgethurgood.com, and they can donate. There's some really cool stuff you can buy, uh, T-shirts and stuff like that. So I wanted to make people aware of that. A couple of listener questions for you. What is your favorite type of non-blues music? Oh, boy. You know, when I'm not, not working, I have a, a radio, and I keep it tuned to the 24-hour classical radio station. So I can get the, and I have it on television. They have a thing where they show you all music all times, all different kinds, everything from, uh, you know, for everything from the Sex Pistols right up to Mozart. And uh, so I like to listen to a lot of classical music. Um, I like reggae music too. That really gives me a, that really gives me a charge. Um, I can't play any of it, but I, I enjoy listening to it. And, uh, you know, um, there, there, there's a cat that I really dug that uh, I saw in France and his name is uh, Maurice Ferre, spelled F-E-R-R-E-T, like ferret. Uh -huh. And he, they said he was a distant cousin of the Django Reinhardt, they said. Wow. And he played solo with another guy, two of them. And I dropped into Paris a couple times and saw him play. And 
if you could ever dig him up and find his music, because he, he gave me one of his records and I taped it, but I lost the tape over the years. This guy, this guy was something else on the, on the guitar. So I, you know, I'm still a fan of, 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 uh, guitar music. I really love, love Spanish guitar, like, uh, or Mexican or guitar, Spanish guitar, uh, when it, when it's played play properly, um, that, that, that always gets me, that always gets me going. You can, you know, you're always going to hear a little bit of that music blending in somewhere in a Tarantino movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't turn it off, you know, he's a fan of the same stuff as me. So, uh, yeah, there's, uh, you know, it's funny because you're, you're attracted to what it is you can't do. <laughs> yeah, that's that, true. That's yeah. Kind of me, you know, that's, that's kind of me, you know, I listen to, uh, you know, I could, I'm just starting to, I grew up listening to classical music before rock, I heard rock and roll. My father played a lot of that kind of music and, uh, you know, it was fantastic then. It's fantastic now. So I'm kind of brushing up on that, on that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, again, like I say, I saw Jimmy Cliff live one time, and he man, he just blew me away. Wow, he was just brilliant, and I've always liked his music anyway. And his attitude—he had a great stage act, great sound. And when he was playing that night, he didn't have to buy any reaper. Let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> I can imagine. To, I can to, imagine. All he had to do. All he had to do was take a deep breath. Just breathe. <laughs> just breathe, baby. Uh, yes. What, so you mentioned Tarantino. That was another question. It was, what is George Thorogood's all-time favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie is everybody else's favorite movie, King Kong. King Kong. That was the first movie I ever saw. Uh, I saw it in a movie theater. My my father took me and my two brothers. I'd never even been out of the house. I'd never been out of the yard, I think. And uh, that was the first movie we went to. And... Uh, you know, I was only about I was only about around six years old, and the original with Faye Ray. The original, yeah. One Max Steiner did the music. Mary yeah. C. Cooper was the producer, and the stars were, uh, you know, uh, Robert Armstrong, uh, Bruce Cabot. Um, yeah, that was, uh, th- that still is. I mean, every now and then I'll go back and refer to it, and uh, you know, I watch the remakes of them, and I'm going, nah, nah. I'll give you an interesting story. We were in New Zealand, and we're, I think the Peter Jackson, I think his name is, who put together the third yep. uh, King Kong. With, he did a, uh, he did a Beatles movie. He just recently did a Beatles thing that's coming out uh, pretty soon, too. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be great. At any rate, we were uh, leaving to go to the airport, and as we were going by the airport, we went past a, a, a dock of water, and we saw in the dock the original ship that was in the movie The Venture. That was in the and Peter Jackson somehow got a hold of it, and it, and it, when they used it for I think one clip for the third third remake, and it was sitting there. And Jeff and I ran and said, "Absolutely nobody allowed in. Keep off, uh, you know, intruders will be prosecuted." We jumped right over the fence, ran and, and actually touched it. And the people said, "Aren't you afraid of getting arrested?" I said, "No, no judge in the world will convict me." Okay, <laughs> because I trespassed. <laughs> to touch the ship, the venture that Captain Englehorn was the captain of. I said, are you kidding me? It's, it's worth the risk. That's what are you doing time for, Thorogood? Uh, one of my parents here was because of uh, the venture, uh, King Kong. And they say, oh, yeah, that's George. <laughs> Figures. Everybody knows your musical chops. You're a legendary guy at this point. But has there ever been a situation where you played with, say, 
somebody that you really looked up to, an idol of yours, where you were nervous playing on stage with him? Um, yeah, I was, you, you know, I was fortunate enough that that happened to me twice. Um, I was on stage with, um, with one of the Beatles, Ringo Starr, who sent for me. And I couldn't, I had about two weeks to learn the song uh, with a little help from my friends. And it's way, way out of my wheelhouse. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah, you know, those aren't my chops. But I, I wasn't going to turn it down. Um, so when I got up there, he mentioned my name twice on the stage. I didn't forget how to play little help with my friends. I forgot how to play the guitar. <laughs> 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 you know? And I had this, I had, I had exact effect. Luckily, uh, Dave Edmonds was there and he nursed me through it. He helped me all. He held my hand. And it happened also to me when I was on stage with a whole bunch of musicians. Now this is the, now this is even, even, even more crazy. Uh, it was, uh, the last song Bob Dylan played in his tribute it was, it was Bob Dylan was playing a song knocking on heaven's door yeah. and he was playing it. And also on stage, right where I was standing was Johnny Cash and George Harrison. Wow. Now I've played, I've played that song knocking on heaven's door ever since I could first pick up the guitar. But for the life of me, when I was standing there, I couldn't remember how to play it. <laughs> <laughs> that that is that. Talk about legendary. I mean, that's I can't even imagine. I mean, so I just turned my guitar all the way off and just pretended to strum it. And I, I was almost ready to faint on the stage, and June Carter Cash caught me. <laughs> I passed out. So wow. yeah, well, if you're if you're not going to lose it with those people, then there's no hope for you. Well, we promise that when you play the Redder and Company Theater at the Toyota Center November 19th, you will remember how to play the guitar and every one of your songs, hopefully. Unless Jeff Beck shows up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. George Thorogood, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate you, man. George, live at the Redder and Company Theater in the Toyota Center, Friday night, November 19th, and tickets are on sale at the Toyota Center website and the Toyota Center box office. Uh, thanks once again, George. Always a pleasure. Rock and roll never sleeps. It just passes out.